in that same light that the Lord gave me a message to share with us today. And I titled it, The Father's Heartbeat. Some say The Father's Heartbeat. The Father's Heartbeat. When we are in true communion with God, when you are very close to somebody, like a song we learned some few weeks ago, you know, I want to see the heart of your feet. Drink from the cup in your hands. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel, Feel your heart beat. That's all I wanted to get. When you lay back against somebody so closely, you feel the person's heartbeat. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you check your heartbeat? Is it beating? If your heart is not beating, chances are that you're losing breath. We must examine you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to God. Yeah. So the father's heartbeat. Turn your Bibles with me, please, to Second Peter chapter 3. What is the father's heartbeat? The heartbeat of someone tells the essence, the essence of the person's living. What is the person living for? Your heartbeat tells your pulse, even your blood pressure. And that, and for that matter, every other thing that you know affects the human organs. So, looking at the father's heartbeat, we want to see what does God stand for? What does He wish for? What is He looking for? We know in John three sixteen, He says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish." but have everlasting life. That same word it will be found in 2 Peter 3, 9. Perish. And we can look at what does it mean to perish. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Alright. He says, the Lord before verse 9, let, let me just confirm what I was telling you a while ago in verse 8. Verse 8 says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing. Do not forget this one thing. God is telling you and me, don't forget this one thing that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. With the Lord. With man, thousand years is plenty. That is why, that is why when Christ shall come for the church and after we have been with him in heaven, and we come back to the earth. Coming back to the earth. Is not the same as coming in the air. I have taught on this. You can go back to our messages on YouTube. On podcasts. All these messages are there. They were the fundamental messages we taught in 2018 in particular. And we saw that there is a difference between the coming of the Lord in the air. Which is for the church. He will not step here on earth. And after we are gone. After about seven years, according to scripture, we will come back with Christ to the earth. It is when he comes back to the earth and spends a thousand years during that period is what we call the day of the Lord. Some say the day of the Lord. The day so of the one Lord. day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So the day of the Lord is actually a thousand years. It's different from the coming of the Lord in the air for the church. Are you there? Yes, Lord. That's just by the way. So, 
to let you know that Adam actually died that day. He didn't spend up to a thousand years. So indeed, they, God told him, the day that you eat of this fruit, that day you shall surely die. And he did. In the sight of God, he was dead. He didn't live up to a thousand years. Verse 9 of Second Peter 3 is my emphasis today. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. In other words, as some people consider that God is slow. God is too slow. He promised a long time ago. It's been 2,000 years and over and his word has not come to pass. Bible says he is not slack. Concerning his promise, which promise? The promise of his coming. And there are two comings I'm referring to here. The coming of the Lord in the air, which precedes the coming of the Lord to the earth. He is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness because he will come anyway but it's long suffering toward us oh I like that did you hear that God is what long suffering toward us not willing I like that word not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance somebody say amen amen the lord is not slow it's not like he has said and he will not do it you know that song he will do it today you are giving me a different key will you give me a key that i can flow with i beg you okay he will do it do it better for you far more than you can think that he will ever do he can do it he can do it do it better for you far more than you can think that he will he is the lord he is the lord is there anything to have for him he is the lord he has promised and surely he will do hold on to your faith your confessions all the days of your life and you will see the hand of the lord in your life did you hear that i know you want to play we'll get there thank you but please keep this key don't change it daniel okay listen child of god he has promised and he will do it even if it does not happen in our time it will still happen. That is why when it shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So whether dead or alive, we must be ready. Don't say that if Christ will not come in my day, then I can live anyhow. No, if you live anyhow and he comes for the church, you will not be raptured. And if you are not raptured in the first resurrection, Bible says, woe to those who are not partakers of the first resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is not slow. He is not slack. He is not lazy about his promise. He is not indifferent about his promise. It's not like he doesn't care. He is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness. Some people think that, oh, it's been 2,000 years. You people think that this is true? Somebody told me in my face that you have allowed a white man to deceive you with their Bibles. I look at him. And I pitied him. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I knew he was talking out of ignorance. So, it's not everybody that you have to answer. So, I didn't answer. I just kept quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. 
We have allowed a white man to deceive us with the Bible. God can use anybody. If the white man today, and not all white men anyway, doesn't need the Bible, it doesn't mean that what they brought to us is not needful. God just used them. At the time, they had the wherewithal to travel overseas by ship. We didn't have ship. So they had to be given the gospel and they brought it to us. But today, we are mandated through every means to send the same gospel back to them because they need it most. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. Did you hear that? God is what? Long-suffering. Please, I hope you know that long-suffering is a component of the fruit of the Spirit. So, if God is long-suffering and we are supposed to bear that fruit, it means we also have to be long-suffering. What does it mean to be long-suffering? Suffer long. Forbear long. Tolerate long. Accommodate long. Endure long. Give room for errors. And overlook and pardon, show mercy because I'm telling you, if God were to behave like he used to do under the Old Testament ah, today, none of us will be sitting here when I read my Bible and I see some of the judgments in the Old Testament I fear one time I was reading the book of Numbers, they say book of Numbers and I saw something, this is by the way listen on, at the time the law had been given and Moses was implementing it here and there. So, some of the things, Moses didn't know what to do. So, you go back to God. God, what should I do? What was this person's offense? It was one person who was found in the field on the Sabbath day and he was gathering food. And the law says that on the Sabbath day, don't do anything. Rest. And this person was gathering food. And lo and behold, they saw him in the field. And they went, to, they went to Moses and reported that Moses, we found this man in the field gathering food. When you have told us that God says on the Sabbath day, don't do anything. So what should we do to such a person? And Moses said, let me go and inquire from the Lord. At the time, they didn't know the nitty gritties of the implications of what God has, has told them. So Moses went to the Lord. People of God, let me tell you, I was shocked. When I heard God tell Moses that gather all the congregation and bring out this person in front of the congregation. Let them, let them take stone and stone him to death. And they took stone and stoned the man to death. When I was reading it, I was picturing it in my mind. I'm like, hey, can quote, some of us live in those days. This was too tough. This was too tough. You don't know why we call God Father and it means so much to God. Because they didn't know the fatherhood of God. It was Jesus who came and for the first time revealed that God is a father. Even when he said, I am and father are one, they took stones. Because you, being man, you make yourself equal with God. How dare you? That was blasphemy. So they wanted to stone him to death. And today, even in the days of Jesus, the same thing that somebody was stoned to death, they were moving in the fields and gathering, you know, food and eating. And then, the Pharisees and the Sadducees felt that, no, under the law of Moses, you're not supposed to do this. Why are your disciples doing that? What was Jesus' response? The Sabbath, 
The, the Sabbath was made for man, but not man for the Sabbath. But why didn't that apply under the law of Moses? God is not a contradictory God. He just wanted to know, know, he wanted us to know that yes, he has made his law. But within that law is his love. Such that if we, that is why he says that shall we continue to sin so that grace will abound? No. We will not take him for granted just because now, because we know him as a father, he overlooks our wrongs. Rather, we should even tremble and fear him the more. Because when you read the Old Testament account and you realize that he's the same God you are dealing with, then it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So don't take him for granted. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Long-suffering. He has forborne the mistakes of man. He has, he has suffered long our errors, our rejection of him. Yesterday I said at the Saturday prayer breakfast and I can say that again on authority and I said that you can even go and ask God and he will tell you that what I'm saying is not a lie. That God told me some few days ago that what is happening all over the world has two major reasons. Number one, it's a judgment upon the whole world. Are you there? Yes. It's what? It's judgment upon the whole world. But in that judgment... Those who are his own are supposed to wake up in case you are also living like the rest of the world. Because he says, don't be conformed to this world. So if you are conforming to this world, then it's time to wake up. No wonder he told us two years ago that this is the year of great awakening. He knows how to wake us up. God knows how to wake us up. What is happening is beyond the capacity and capability of governmental structures. But it is judgment upon the world. If you reject God, he will also reject you. And you will put the plagues that he has described in scripture. Read the, the book of Deuteronomy, especially Deuteronomy 28. All the plagues, he said, you will put them upon the nations when they reject him. So what is happening is judgment. But you haven't seen anything yet. Based on this scripture I'm reading, 2 Peter 3, 9, he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish. Mm. Not willing. God, it is never the will of God that any should perish. People of God, what does it mean to perish? What does it mean to perish? Maybe you have never thought about that. To perish, maybe in simple words, is to die the second death. Can I say that again? To perish, in simple words, is to die the second death. Look at how people are afraid of the first death. The first death is when you are separated. Your spirit, the real you, is separated from this physical body. They say that when the coronavirus, you know, manages to enter your nostrils and get into your throat, it stays in your throat because it has a wider dimension and grows there for about three to four days and causes pain in your throat. And before you realize, once you're unable to flush it out and it gets into your lungs, it takes away your breath. And then you go. How do you go? Your spirit is separated from your body. That's physical death. That's the first death. But it can never be compared 
to the second death. The second death is to be eternally separated from God. The first death is when your spirit is separated from your physical body. Death actually is separation. So first death is where your spirit is separated from your physical body. But the second death to perish, the second death is when you are eternally separated from God. To spend eternity in the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And God says he does not will that anybody should go there. Do you know why? It was because originally he did not create man to spend eternity in the everlasting fire. Look at Matthew 25 verse 41. He says that it is the everlasting fire prepared, not for human beings, but for the devil and his angels. That is the second death. To the extent that even death shall die the second death. Think about it. Those who are afraid of death, I say even death. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Death shall be cast into the everlasting fire. Hey, I can imagine that day. You have no idea what death has done to humankind. Death has devastated man. But death is an enemy and one day death shall also die. Glory be to God. Amen. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And the Bible says, death shall, then shall come to pass. The saying that is written, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grey, where is your victory? Death shall be swallowed up in victory. When we shall put on our immortal bodies. Glory be to God. Because in the immortal body, death is not there. There is death in this physical body. It's a dying body. But when we shall put on our immortal bodies... Death has no more victory over us. Amen. Don't fear death. Tell your neighbors, don't fear death. Don't fear death. Jesus said, don't fear man who can kill this body but has nothing to do with the soul but fear the one that can both kill the physical body and cast your soul into damnation, everlasting fire. Fear Amen. that one. Fear God. Fear God. He is terrible. God is terrible. You have no idea. Miriam sang that song. He said he's terrible, fearful in holiness, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise. He's, he's a terrible God. He's called the man of war. Have you seen God throwing stones before? There was a time Joshua was fighting and night was coming and Joshua needed to kill more, you know, with his sword. That's a Malachi, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And night was, you know. So Bible says that when God realized that night was catching, he started throwing stones. God started throwing stones from heaven. And the people that died of the stones from heaven were more than those who died with the sword of Joshua. What are you talking about? He's a terrible God. If God can throw stones from heaven and kill people, please be careful. When God begins to bring judgment. That is when we must wake up and realize that there is, there must definitely be a God. Even the technology we are using, I'm talking and you are hearing me, there must be a God who gave the brain to do this thing. I cannot take it for granted. Get back to God. Amen. Get back to your first love. Amen. Have communion with God. Yes, Lord. God does not will that any, how many? Any, any means that even one single person should perish. He does not. The person may die physical death, but it doesn't mean anything. Like Stephen. Stephen was the first martyr. In fact, 
God loved it. Bible said that the death of the saint is, you know, is what? Who can help me quote it well? Sorry, say. It's precious in the sight of God. Thank you very much. The death of the saint is precious in the sight of God. So for the first time, Jesus, who is sitting at the right hand of the father, when Stephen was being stoned to death, the Bible says that he saw the heavens open and saw the son of man standing. He wasn't sitting. He gave him a standing ovation. Amen. Jesus gave Stephen a standing ovation. He said, welcome, my saint. The first matter. Come. Come home. Come and rest. And then Stephen did something I love so much. I said, Lord, do not lay this sin to their charge. And after that, he fell asleep. Whoosh! What a, what a wonderful way to depart. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. We don't die, we live. We only sleep. So we wake up one day. So God does not will that any should suffer the second death. But look at how people are terrified about the first death. How much more the second death. So as we are taking all the precautionary measures which we'll be announcing today, yesterday we did, we'll announce today also, remember, the greatest precaution is to come back to God. Get connected to God. Amen. Commune with God. Yes, Stay connected with Amen. God. Amen. I saw a video yesterday night, in fact, in the dawn hours. A nice gentleman, Ghanaian, living in China, is a medical doctor. And he gave a very wonderful counsel. I, I enjoyed his counsel, about seven-minute video. Very wonderful counsel about how terrible, you know, what is happening is happening. So we should not, he was actually speaking in Chi and addressing Ghanaians, that we should not take it for granted. He gave a very nice counsel. Then at the end of his counsel, I was shocked when he said that, so, I'm like, oh boy, you have spoiled the soup. You are giving counsel like this. And now you now want to make it look like we can do this counsel without God. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So, I will take his counsel as far as precautionary measure is concerned. But to tell me that, so hey, something has entered your brain. Hallelujah. Amen. God does not will that any should perish. Please, are you feeling the father's heartbeat? He does not will. It's like, I don't want anybody. I know what I've prepared for Satan. That rebel. Bible calls him the, the man of sin. The one who, who sinned from the beginning. Bible says he was a murderer. Did you hear that? I don't know which murder Satan or Lucifer caused. Before, I mean, scripture started recording, but Bible calls him a murderer and that he murdered from the beginning. He was a thief from the beginning. God knows what he's talking about. He knows what Satan became when he, he started harboring iniquity in his heart. When he started thinking that he wants to be like the most high God. So God hates that thing that is in Satan so much that he has cast him out of heaven with his angels. And those people... Satan and his angels are going into the everlasting fire. Bible calls it the second death. To perish forever. But God does not will that humankind should perish with these kind. Amen. Are you there? It is not the will of God. So he made provision right from the beginning. He made provision through his son Jesus Christ. 
so that whoever believes in that Jesus should not perish. Should not means that there's a responsibility. If I tell you that you should not gather from here till the service closes, is that not your responsibility? I've given you so whoever believes in him should not perish means that take an action on what you believe. Believe and confess him as your Lord and stay connected with him through fellowship, through communion. Stay connected. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. I know in our times we are taking precautions to avoid large gatherings. But we who have the opportunity to still gather until they say that no more church services. And they can say it. But even if that happens, listen. Oh, you say it don't happen. Ah, do you know the world that we live in? The world that we live in, anything can happen, no? But if that happens, it should not, it should not affect your faith. Hallelujah. Amen. It means that God wants you to remember that there are others who have lived elsewhere where there is no church. I was telling you. And they have survived. They are even stronger in faith. So therefore, if you were always leaning on coming to church alone before you can grow your faith, now he wants you to stand and having done all, stand. Prepare for anything. Hallelujah. Amen. I said prepare for anything. Amen. But whilst preparing for anything, don't lose connection with God. Keep the communion and carry his heartbeat. In the communion, you will feel his heartbeat. Let me say that again. In the communion with God, you will feel his heartbeat. His heartbeat is that it is not the will of God that any should perish. I think that this is the best opportunity for us to point people who are afraid to the cross. The cross is the reference point. That is where salvation began. Not just saving people from physical death, but saving people from spiritual death, eternal death, eternal damnation. It's the best opportunity. Whichever means you have, whether through your, your, your Facebook, your WhatsApp, use your media, use your world, your office, use the contact that you have with people to tell them that, see, something worse awaits humankind than what is happening. It is called to perish. We have never understood the word perish. But take your time and just check the Greek word. It's a serious word. To be damned forever. To be ostracized. To be cast off from the presence of God. It means to, to die. The second death as I've said. Hallelujah. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2. Let me end with that scripture. First Timothy. Our God loves us. Our God loves us. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hands. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. I want to sit at your feet. Drink from the cup in your hands. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. I'll give you the opportunity for you to sing 
your song. Are you ministering today, the choir? I'll give the opportunity when I'm ending my message, please. So get ready. Hallelujah. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Therefore, I exalt, I'm reading the New King James Version of the Bible. Therefore, I exalt, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Have you seen the importance of prayer in living a godly life? Or he said that we may live a quiet and peaceable life where there's no more trouble. How do you say that? Prayer is not relevant in solving the problems of the world. But God says, I exalt that first of all, do this. But that's not my emphasis today. The emphasis is on in verse 4. Verse 3 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires. The King James says that who the King James says that scripture I, I quote a lot. Who will? Thank you, Zizim. Who will? Who will? That's the word. Who will? Just like we saw in Second um, Peter three nine. Not willing that any should perish. Here, who will have all men? He will have all men. The New King James says, "Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the epignosis of the truth, the knowledge of the truth." Epignosis is complete knowledge, full knowledge, exact knowledge. Some people have partial knowledge about God. They only know that God used to kill under the Old Testament, but they don't know that God allowed His only begotten Son to be killed. By sinners, so that in his death we will find life. They have not they have not believed that what Jesus did, they still believe that Jesus Christ died as a notorious rebel, and that because he went against the law, that is why they killed him. No, he fulfilled the law, he died in my place, so that even the Gentiles, you and me, we could come into the commonwealth of Israel. How could we have become partakers of the commonwealth of Israel Jeez. if not for Jesus? He made provision for us, the Gentiles. Said that in Christ, both Gentile and Jew are one. He actually calls us the Jew of God. We are the Israel of God. It's in the book of Romans. Hey! Say, I'm a Jew. I know it's difficult for you to say that, but he said we are the Yeah, he said it in the Bible. I'm a Jew. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He calls us the children of Abraham. Hallelujah. Man. The children of Abraham. Abraham was a father of faith or is the father of faith. And since we are born of faith, we are his. We are, we are, he says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority. Let's continue to pray for everybody. Is that okay? We started yesterday. Pray for all men. Pray for kings. Pray for those who are in authority. What is happening? Nobody is exempted. Is that okay? Whether king or pauper, everybody can be affected. If I'm not mistaken, I think that one big person, his wife, you know, was affected. Is it in Canada or wherever? You know, sorry? Prime Minister, the wife in Canada. Am I right? Yeah. So, everybody is exposed to what is happening. But the difference, child of God, the difference is that 
Don't fear their fear because God is a shield about us. He is our glory and the lifter up of our heads. When you see evil coming, remember, it is not coming upon the child of God. Yes, we live in their maze, but it's not coming upon us. We can still take the caution they are taking, but remember, God is with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Amen. I will not fear what man shall do to me. Amen. This is a time for us to act faith and live the life of faith. That is why from tomorrow we'll continue our devotion on faith. The Lord has asked me to teach on faith. I know that many people have never, when we're teaching the fundamental doctrines, I taught on faith and I said in that message that faith is both a material in the foundation and a material for the building. So for faith, we will keep on coming back to it over and over. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He is what? He is what you are looking for. I am. If you are reporting a speech and someone says, I am, what will you say? He is. Have you been answered? <laughs> Have you been answered? Reported speech. Someone says, I am. How will you report him? He, he is. So, when he says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, he's saying that he is the I am. He is what you are looking for. Whatever you're looking for, he is. Are you looking for a job? He is the job giver. Are you looking for a married partner? He is the one that provides. Amen. He said, a prudent wife is from the Lord. Amen. He is. So, if you limit him and say, God cannot, he cannot. That's what your mind tells you. But if you say he is, we are coming back to God. Amen. We are coming back to God. Amen. In the midst of our rebellion, yes, in the midst of our sins, yes, in the midst of all our heart and heartedness, we are still coming back anyway. Amen. We are coming back to God. Amen. We have nowhere to go. Amen. So we will run to God. Amen. We will lay hold on Him Amen. that He will pardon us. Yes. He will show us mercy yes, and he will Lord. forgive us. Yes, he will cleanse us. Amen. He will wash us. Yes, he will purify us. Amen. That we will have true communion with him. Yes, and Lord. in that communion we will feel his heartbeat. Amen. That we will not live for ourselves any longer. Amen. But we will live for the Father. Yes, his Lord. heartbeat is that he is not willing that any should perish. Jesus. He will have all men to be saved yes, and Lord. come to the knowledge Amen. of the truth. Amen. Jesus is the truth. Amen. That they may that they may know who Jesus is. That they may know who Jesus is. Look at Israel as an example. They still don't know who Jesus is. Till today, they have believed a lie. Do you know the lie? When Jesus rose from the dead, the soldiers went to Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when this man was alive, he said that he will rise from the dead after the third day so now that he is risen everybody's going to believe then the bible says Pilate gave a lot of money do you think bribery started from today a lot of money to the soldiers they said shut your mouth and then if anybody asks you tell them that his disciples came look at such a lie this is a political lie are you there this what Political, political lie. lie. How do you say that his disciples came soldiers armed 
with even a big stone, a very big stone. Uh, and then you were sitting, you were even having watch. You know watch. In other words, if you do three hours, another said, come three hours. Then the disciples came at night. Why were you even sleeping in the first place? So while we were sleeping, the disciples came at night and stole him. So that when it comes to the governor, we will shut his mouth and say that that's how it is. Until today, Israel has believed that lie. So they don't believe that Jesus died and rose again. I'm talking about those who are not Christians, but the nation Israel, that's the lie they have believed. And the whole world has so believed that Jesus Christ is not the Savior. But you and, and, and I, we have believed. We must let others also know this and propagate the heartbeat of the Father. Communicate the heartbeat of the Father. I remember in 1995, let me end with this story. At Laboni Secondary School Park, Dr. Maurice Cerullo came. That was the first time that he came to Ghana, organized by a very powerful team of ministers from this country, from Dr. Seth Ablo to Bishop Ajinasari to Reverend Ampia Kofi to all these big men. And they brought this honorable man of God to the king. As a matter of fact, when he came, at that time, the Lord had even spoken to him about the end time. So it looked as if that was even the first and the last he was coming and Jesus is coming and we are all going. It's been how many years now? About 25 years now. <laughs> That's why he says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. And the next time he came, he still cried as though this is the last time. Ever since God told him, till today he's alive. He came to Action Chapel at last year. He's still crying. That this is the last time. So to him, that's the revelation God has given him. But whether he lives to see it or not, that's the message. God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But why did I bring this story? In his message, he started crying. He was crying like a baby. And then he said he went to somewhere in South America. I've forgotten the country. And then he he asked a young boy, do you know Jesus? Then the young boy said that Jesus is it one of the brands of Coca-Cola? The man started crying and said that Coca-Cola is more popular than Jesus. That's what we are doing in this 21st century. Coronavirus is more popular than Jesus. That's what we are doing. So in as much as we take caution, there is a name that is above coronavirus. Amen. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, including coronavirus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, of things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let's not make coronavirus more popular than Jesus. It will be a sin. In as much as we must take caution. In as much as we must do what is right. After all, what we are supposed to do. If we read our Bible. We will know that we should have done it a long time ago. Cleanliness. Is actually a part of the gospel. So if now. An, a, a pandemic. 
is now making us live wisely, so be it. But don't propagate it such that even to buy sanitizer, it has shot from, you know, it's about 400% increment. And you can't even find it anywhere. Oh, what a world that fears the first death, but has not feared the second death. God has no will that any should perish. Jesus. But we are perishing. We see men going to hell and we don't care. They can live beyond physical death. But how about relationship with God if you don't have it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Can you bow your heads in prayer? I don't know who I'm talking to. Mm. But God wants us to feel his heartbeat. Jesus. If there was anything, God doesn't want to go waste. It is that he doesn't want his son's death to be waste. Yes, Lord. It cost the father everything, I'm telling you. His only begotten son he gave for humanity. This is the time the Af um, African continent is supposed to arise and take the gospel back to where? Now they are afraid even to fly aeroplanes, closing all borders. Nobody should come in. But if we have the opportunity, Let's take the gospel back to the same people Jesus. and tell them that Jesus loves them.